All right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And uh, I'm very excited to be back with everybody, uh, the guys here included. And and uh, I'm also very excited because um, this week I, I also am starting to get my, my podcast room back uh, from my son, who's been using it mostly for online learning in the pandemic. And uh, he, he's he's done with school, so I, I can start to, to to get rid of pencils and and calculators and laptops and everything else, and so that's kind of nice uh, for sure. But uh, in any case, we've uh, you had me briefly two weeks ago, and then a week ago we took some time off, and uh, we are now back. The Steelers have just completed their OTAs and uh, the mandatory. Three-day minicamp is uh, now in the rearview mirror. Excuse me, in the rearview mirror, and the dreaded summertime is here. Uh, and we'll definitely talk about that. And here to do that with me are Ben and Ian. Ben, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, Jamie, got a little Jamie. Jameson, okay. yeah, Jameson, uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, patio pale ale. Uh, patio pale ale that's a, that's a mouthful okay yeah yeah uh, well, who makes that i don't know no oh, well let me see uh migration brewing okay very good the migrants will appreciate that uh yeah. ian what are you uh drinking tonight i am drinking some wild turkey american honey wild turkey american honey gross yes. hey Fucking it's, gross! It's not that, that is that is disgusting. That that is as bad as Ellie and her fucking peanut butter honey or peanut butter whiskey. Speaking no, honey, speaking honey of that, is not yeah. that bad. It, it's sweeter, but it's not right. Bad. That's right. gross. I, I was, speaking of I was, what? Well, I was I was meandering through the liquor aisle recently, and I saw um, a peanut butter whiskey. In fact, I took a photo of it. I'll have to post it on Slack. Um, but it, you didn't it, buy it, right? Uh, no, I did not. It's from uh, <laughs> it's from uh, uh, the place down at Gatlinburg, uh, Smoky Old Smoky um, Distillery down there. And uh, no, look, a, I, I I mean I'm all a for place it. that yeah. I will never buy whiskey from. Uh, <laughs> the, some of it was decent that I when I was there, and and it was fine. But no, oh. I'm not I'm not doing peanut butter whiskey. We'll we'll leave that to uh, to the others, but. I, I am tonight. Um, I'm drinking a, a, a Bell's Oberon. Nice. That's a now, good choice. Well, now uh, let me pause here. This isn't just the Oberon. This is a brand new beer they just came out with last week. This Ooh. is this is Bell's Oberon Tropical. Uh, fe- <laughs> you would mango feature, featuring featuring mango, guava, yes. and passion fruit. That's right. Wow. Again, both of yeah. you have disgusting tastes in beverages. <laughs> what the hell? I'm surprised Why? that Bell's took a delicious beer I was Oberon too. and ruined it with passion fruit, amongst other things. I was stunned, Ian. I, I, so I saw it, buy it, and I'm like, I got it. And they just sell them in the bottles of uh, <laughs> uh, four packs. The little four packs, and I, I'm like, oh my god, I, I got to just buy it one time. So, uh, okay. Enough of that. Uh, okay, Steelers have had uh, minicamp after minicamp after minicamp. Of course, the latter was uh, uh, mandatory this week. And, and look, look, number one most positive thing out of all of this, at least as far as all of us know, no injuries. 
Um, yeah, the 49ers had a bunch of guys get hurt this past week. They did. They shut things down early. And I, I did hear a rumor that they may have violated a few things and then got shut down by the league. I don't know how accurate <laughs> that is. Um, yeah, I heard the same thing, but yeah. I, I don't see any evidence. I, I didn't either. I think people are making assumptions because they're like, oh, why wouldn't you want to have all of yeah. your days from minicamp? You know, so yeah, yeah I, no, I get it. Yep, but they they did have some injuries, and and that's always the the biggest thing. You you don't, man, God, you don't want them this time of year. But um, as far as absences, um, look, uh, the the two were T.J. Watt and Joe Hayden, um, and, and we'll get to Hayden in a second, and I'll just get right to it. Ben, is T.J. Watt um, is he going to hold out? Is, is he looking for the deal now? The big deal. I doubt it, but he's you know it's a shot across his dealer's bow. I'm not going to mm-hmm. try and pretend that it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect a few things to come of this. Um, one, I, I would expect that Tomlin sometime in the next week or two tops will be asked if Watt was excused and he'll mm-hmm. say that he was, I don't know that I believe it. Mm-hmm. And number two, I expect that Mark Madden will make a huge stink and say, see, I told you he was angry at the end of the season. Blah, blah. Look, this is just, it's a negotiating ploy. Straight Absolutely. Up. It's just him going, yeah, um, I'm I'm due for an extension this summer, and I'd really like, kind of like you guys to take this seriously. So mm-hmm. not that they're not taking it seriously. They, they've been talking to him. They've been talking to his representation. But, mm-hmm. you know, the deal's not done. So he's, uh, you know, he's kind of making it clear that, what was it, $93,000 in fines. Mm-hmm. Um that's okay. He'll go ahead and he'll eat that. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll make his point. Um, $93,000 when you're due for an extension that is going to make you the highest paid defender in the NFL is not a great deal of money. It's not a no. huge concern. No. Okay. And, and that's what he's going to be. So, um, yeah, I, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. what I make of it. Um, I, I don't think it's that big a deal yet. I don't think he's going right. to hold out or anything crazy, mm-hmm. but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Ian, is there a health uh, issue involving here? Because if I'm TJ Watt uh, and I know I'm in line for an extension, do I really want to go run around at mini camp and blow my knee out? And now I'm screwed. Yeah, I was about to make that exact point. Actually, I agree with everything Ben said. And to, mm-hmm. to supplement that, you know, a few weeks ago on the show, I said that, this time of year, the only news that can come out about your team is bad news. It's, you know, someone got arrested, mm-hmm. someone got hurt, someone did something stupid. Um, so really, yes, there is some self-preservation here that he is on a one-year deal, essentially looking for a long-term deal. I mean, he's on the, the fifth-year option of his rookie right. contract, um, which is fully guaranteed, but nevertheless, he should be will be deserves to be the highest paid defensive player in the league so you know he wants to make sure he's healthy enough to get that contract and doesn't miss this season and potentially jeopardize getting that money later this Mm -hmm. summer especially after you know look what happened in san francisco a few years ago look what happened to who was yeah. it dante fowler in uh jacksonville they jacksonville. drafted him like number three overall and then he got hurt like his first mini camp he had he tore his acl so yep. yeah i mean things things happen it's a physical game and 
he's been around the block. He knows what's happening. They're not changing the defensive scheme, which mm-hmm. we'll get into that later with Devin Bush's comments. Somewhat, unfortunately, uh, they're not changing some aspects of the defensive scheme. But uh, never, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. You know, never, nevertheless, yeah. I think people yeah, we'll, are making too much though. out of that. I, we'll get into it. We'll get into yeah. it. I got it my, on my agenda. Yeah. My con- my concern level about TJ Watt not being there is, I will say, slightly higher than how much I care about the NFL's top 100 rankings, which is absolutely <laughs> none at all. So yeah. you know, if, yeah, that, that, you're about right there. I agree with that. That's that's actually a really yeah. good, really good metaphor. Okay, so when. Uh, Ian, when do you start to get concerned about it? Um, I would say if he if he doesn't show up for training camp, I would get concerned. Um, you know, if he shows up and kind of doesn't go through drills and you know, but he's there going through mm-hmm. meetings, that's fine, whatever. But I would say if he if he actually doesn't show up for training camp, then I would get concerned. Okay. Yeah. What um Ben, we're, Joe Hayden wasn't there, and and I know Joe just had a, a, a tremendously beautiful new tattoo, which covers pretty much from his hip down to his ankle yeah. on his uh, right leg. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to guess that's not a uh, what you'd call an excused absence, but um, it, is he looking for a deal? I mean, uh, 32 years of age? I mean, what? why would he be not showing up? Uh... You know, I think um, it probably is him looking for a new deal. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to get one. Yeah. Uh, but it probably is it. You know, I should have I should have mentioned before um, mm-hmm. that the the fines we talked about the league fines the players now, not the teams. So the league doesn't have the option of forgiving excuse me the the teams don't have the option of forgiving those fines anymore they put that into the new cba so 93 grand bye-bye out the door uh for joe hayden too so yeah you would think you know when it's that kind of money you're talking about it's not just not picking up your workout bonus this is losing money that you would otherwise be be you know be making you got to think that Hayden is trying to make a point. And my guess is that he was looking for an extension and they just, they haven't gotten it done or they aren't talking or, you know, both. I don't know. Um, If I were him and they cut my counterpart, Steven Nelson, Mm -hmm. and I was the one who was left standing. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned at that point, you know, my value has gone up. I, I want a new deal now. You, you've made a choice. Obviously, I'm the guy. So since I'm the guy, I want a new deal since I only have a year left. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my guess is he's making a point And, you know, uh, wouldn't shock me again if Mike Tomlin says, yeah, these guys were excused. But I don't know that I believe that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, you know, I, I think fascinating is too strong of a word. I think it's just going to be interesting because we've been around this team long enough to have seen and heard, you know, going back to the Noel years, the Cower years, where players are doing this and the coach just makes a general comment, you know, oh, well, he was excused from uh, the camp this week, blah, blah, blah. 
Well, you know, they're trying to deflect just like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was asked about those guys. And he just basically said, oh, those guys have been around a while. They don't need to be here. You know, I mean, what do they want him to say? Uh, well, I know they well, want him to say. What they wanted him to say was where they were and whether or not he yeah. heard from them. But he just was like, right. eh, whatever. You know, I'm not yeah. I'm not talking about this. And yep. that's the way it should be. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Um, so, since we, you guys mentioned it already, uh, Ian, Devin Bush was interviewed yesterday. Um, and, and go ahead and take us take us through the comment that got people kind of fired up uh, uh, on social media. <laughs> right. So let, let's, let's just preface one thing about these <laughs> Zoom interviews that are happening during many camps. Yes. They get guys on these interviews and the reporters ask these incredibly leading questions in the hope of getting a soundbite. Yes. So and they asked, got one! <laughs> yes, exactly. So someone asked Devin Bush if he could cover Jarvis Landry out of the slot because obviously, as we saw during the playoff game, that kind of failed at a really at a few really key points in the game where we, yes. as we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast, you know, when the Steelers match from the outside in, the third guy in has to be covered by a linebacker, which, you know, smart teams now have decided, oh, we're going to move our number one receiver into that third guy in spot and make and line him up against an inside linebacker. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it, it hasn't gone too well for us in the past. I think we all remember Keenan Allen and against LJ Fort, um, mm-hmm. a, a variety of other ones that have happened over time. Sammy Watkins against Bud Dupree, which was a hilarious one. Don't know mm-hmm. how that matchup happened, but nevertheless. Yeah. Um, so they asked, someone asked. Uh, that was not hilarious. De- <laughs> Devin Bush, <laughs> if, uh, you know, he could cover Jarvis Landry on the, out of the slot. And he said, yep, absolutely, 100% I could. So, you know, obviously, you ask a leading question, you like that, mm-hmm. you get a soundbite, mm-hmm. and everyone freaks out about it. So um, the the deeper undertone, though, is, you know, I'm glad, first of all, I would say I'm glad that Bush is confident in himself and his ability and his rehab sure, moving sure. forward to be able to play and make sharp cuts like that. Cause that's really the key to covering out of the slot is exploding out of your breaks. Um, but the, the deeper undertone is that the Steelers are not changing their defensive scheme of matching from the outside in. Um, we and don't know that. With, we don't know that for sure, but it, it sounds like it. No, I'll we, it we don't way. know that. I, Basically, he was asked directly whether or not he could do it, and he said, yes, I can, 100%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with you. It's good that he has confidence in himself. Um, you know, I agree with the point that you made before we started recording that if a guy like Mason Rudolph doesn't have confidence in himself, if a guy like Ryan Switzer, who didn't make the team last year, uh, doesn't have confidence in himself when he goes out into camp, he shouldn't be out there. He shouldn't be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any issue with it. There was nothing in the question asked of Bush that directly addressed whether or not the scheme had changed. People are assuming it because yeah. he was asked the question, but it's an assumption. We're not going to know until we see. We are not what, going to know, you know until September. So Right, right. Um, I, you know, we fought. A change was coming before, and it didn't come. It did come, uh, and then it went away. I was like, what, what, "Yes, you're right. I mean, you're right." I was on this show screaming after that playoff game, going, "What the fuck? I've seen these guys make the switch. Why yeah. didn't they do it?" No, you're you're right. They had done it, and they reverted back to it. Um, 
Uh, okay, uh, Ian, can Devin Bush cover Jarvis Landry out of the slot? Uh, How deep down the field? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's, laughs> well, actually, actually, no, no, no. It's not a question of deep down the field because Bush's long speed is pretty good. I think, and, and Landry's long speed is not great. Where Landry excels is being physical at the break point and right. getting separation. So, right. I don't know if Bush can stick with Landry out of a break like that where Landry bodies him is where mm-hmm. Landry's very good. You know, if we're specifically talking about Jarvis Landry, you know, he'll run right up to the linebacker, basically run into him to knock him off his feet and then cut to the outside and have three or four yards of separation. And that's really all he needs. Uh, you yeah. know, that's all yeah. any NFL receiver should need. Um, so can, can Bush stick with Landry through, through contact and stay with him? Maybe, um, you know, we'll see. Um, Bush is certainly our best, fastest, most, uh, you know, agile inside linebacker. He's much better than anyone else on the team at that. So if anyone has a chance, it's him. But coming back off an ACL injury, there's just some mental confidence that you have to build up to be able to, you know, make those sharp cuts on the field and know that your knee's going to hold up. No, that's that very you, true. You have to go into it without hesitation because if you hesitate, that's when you get beat. So yeah. that's, you know, preseason is going to be big for Devin Bush, even though he may not need it based on his experience with the team. He may need it just from a mental standpoint of getting back into the confidence of the game to build back that muscle memory and just know that his knee's going to hold up when he makes a cut on it. Yeah, it's a good point because the mental side is often what fans do not really consider they don't think about they just assume okay the guy blew his acl he's just gonna you know rehab he'll be back out there but yeah especially in some positions where you're you're cutting on a dime and and using that knee quarterbacks a lot of times they they struggle to to get back in the pocket get confidence and and so you know haven't seen anything with bush that would lead us to believe he's not going to have confidence in that but yeah you know it's going to take uh he he did say in his interview that there was you know he had to kind of Mm -hmm. build back some of the mental aspect of the game that he felt like he felt like physically he could do it but he had to build back some of that mental stuff so i think that's worth noting yeah I, i i totally agree totally agree um I wanted to uh, speak, and we talked a little bit about confidence level there. Um, ben, Mason Rudolph uh, was in a Zoom conference this week, and and again, um, social media <laughs> social media is just cracks me the hell up, man. I, I mean, he he was he was asked uh, again a question, and you knew what the the journalists were looking for, and and he he's well, hey, you know, my goal is to be the quarterback of the Steelers in twenty twenty two, and. Uh, did you have a problem with what he said? No, I didn't. Like I mentioned before, I I don't have a problem with him saying it. Mm-hmm. This is his goal. Um, I don't believe he can do it. Uh, it would be very very nice if Mason stopped talking about it and and actually did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I am I'm I'm getting tired of of Mason talking about making progression. About him, pro- about a prosecutor, progressing. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm I'm frustrated with Mason. Okay, let's put it that way. I think that he has a lot more physical ability mm-hmm. to make plays than he has actually made plays on the field. And you know, the, the guy, I'll say it again, 
people want to talk about the fact that he was hampered by Randy's scheme. Randy sucked. So what? What Mason lacks is the ability to feel the rush. He's heavy footed in the Mm -hmm. pocket. He -hmm. can't move. Both his parents were college athletes. On paper, this guy should be quick. He should be able to escape from the pocket without a problem. He can't do it. I don't get it. I, to me, it's it's a thing about instinct that he lacks. Um, his arm strength is not great. Mm-hmm. Flat out isn't. He can throw the ball deep between the numbers, mm-hmm. but he puts a lot of air under it, which gives the DB time to make up separation. He cannot throw a deep out. Can't do it. No. Period. No. Um, and he can't read fucking defenses. I'm tired of it. When there was a guy open in the field and he opts for the check down and he does it six or seven times a, a game, I scream. I fucking scream because it's another another dead drive because Mason wouldn't throw the fucking ball. It's frustrating as hell watching this guy play. And if he's our starter in 2022 and there's mm-hmm. no contingency plan, I'm going to I'm going to heave a lot of heat at the Steelers. I'm going to be like, "Listen, you guys, hope is not a plan. Hoping that <laughs> hoping that Mason Rudolph will turn into what you want him to be is not a fucking plan." Okay? We've watched him for 3 years. We yeah. haven't seen anything that tells us he's going to be that guy. Until he turns into the guy, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt anymore. I'm not doing it. He's going to have to show me more. And that's that's how I feel about it. I mean, as far as like Mason believing he can do it, if he doesn't believe he can do it, he shouldn't be out there. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. No, I have no problem with what he said. I would much rather he said that than say, well, you know, really what it is is I'm striving to be the uh, back backup quarterback yeah, uh, for the rest of my life. I'm yeah. really I'm, striving to be a, a career backup. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, make a couple million dollars a year to hold a clipboard, which I think is a great job. I mean, shit. And he's right. You know, if he didn't say that, I'd be like, yeah, dude's right. It is a good job. <laughs> right. I mean, what, what do you want him to say? He wants to be Cliff Stout for his career or to <laughs> use a, you know, more more recent reference, Chad Henney? Like, yeah, I want to be yeah. Chad Henney. I'm going to just, you know, make a couple, like you said, a couple million dollars and just back up some guys. Or Jim Sorgi, who, I mean, how much money did Jim Sorgi make me? Oh, my God. Back up right? for like six or eight years. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Got a, I think he got a Super Bowl ring out of it. He did. He did. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, Blaine Gabbert won a Super Bowl just because he was Tom Brady's backup this past year. Yeah. This is also true. Jeez. And Gabbert was what a top ten pick, top eleven pick, something mm-hmm. like that. Top five. Top five pick to Jacksonville. Was he top yeah. five? I thought he was like tenth or eleventh. Man. I thought he was top five. He might have been. It was that. It was only there was a machine in front of me. I could look this up on. Yeah, I know. Twenty eleven draft because that was a really weird year because like couple like Christian Ponder went in front of JJ Watt. That's right. Yeah. That was weird, man. That was an odd draft. Was weird. Christian Ponder was a Or no, no, terrible. sorry. Ponder went after what? Gabbert went before him. Gabbert went 10th to Jacksonville. Oh, but wow. like I thought it was 10th. But like the, uh, look at uh, these number uh, The end of the top 10 picks though. Tennessee took Jake Locker at 8. Dallas took Pro Bowl, All-Pro offensive tackle Tyron Smith at nine. Jacksonville takes Blaine Gabbert at ten. Houston takes JJ Watt at eleven. Minnesota takes Christian Ponder at twelve. So like, it's just you know, and then like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen were all Pro Bowlers and Robert Quinn, Mike Pouncey, and Ryan Kerrigan too. 
And then we landed Cam Hayward at the end of the first round. Like there was a lot of really good players in that draft. Yeah. And three Cam teams overdrafted quarterbacks in the top 12. Yeah. Cam was a really, really good pick, especially for that deep in the first round. I mean, so was Watt, obviously even better pick. But yeah, a guy like Cam Hayward, who's gotten a third contract, that's what mm-hmm. you want your first round pick to be, a foundational type guy who fills a role well. Right for a decade or better, and that's Cam was really solid pick. No, it was, it was. Um, just a reminder: you're listening to the uh, SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated, serving Broward in the Southern Palm Beach counties of Florida. Whether commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Um, okay. I have a feeling we're going to hear this a lot. I don't know if this is just basically like um, Adrian Clem getting the offensive line together and saying, guys, anytime you're interviewed, this is what you say. Because uh, Chooksakor 4 was interviewed and, and he was essentially asked about the blocking. What are you doing differently? All this kind of stuff. And and he he just said, attack, attack, attack. That That's what our thing is. We're attacking. Uh, Ian, what's your confidence level with this Steelers line attack, attack, attacking? It's a lot better than backpedal, backpedal, and <laughs> hope, you know, you don't That's whiff true. on somebody. <laughs> I like um, it. You know, I mean, I think we've seen for years in the NFL, going back to you know, those Colts teams of the early 2000s that threw the ball a lot. When you're, when you're backpedaling all the time. Yep in a pass blocking stance and then get asked to suddenly be aggressive in a third and one and try and pull, you know, bull forward and knock a guy over that from kind of two point stance you all game. Yeah. You're not going to get good leverage on him. Yeah. He's from, yeah, from a two point stance. We were trying to run block last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just not, not going to work. So no. I think, you know, I would rather I would rather see the lineman be aggressive and whiff than be passive and whiff. And last year they were passive and whiffing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they're at least if they're aggressive, they're making the defenders think twice and slowing them down, even if it's a half a step. Because if you're coming at them, and and this is why a lot of the you know RPO plays and stuff are successful, is that if you're if you're firing off the line like you're run blocking, the the edge rushers especially and somewhat the interior rushers too are going <laughs> to have to at least read a run cue and be like, okay, the lineman is blocking like they're running. I got to pay attention to my run cue first mm-hmm. before I just bull rush up the field and you know try and pass rush. So it does it does slow the rush down a hair. Um, I mean, obviously, we're talking about fractions of a second because these guys are all world athletes. Uh, but, but, but nevertheless, I mean, that makes a yeah, huge difference. In, absolutely. In the NFL. So, yeah, I would I would much rather them be aggressive. And being aggressive isn't just about being physical. It's a mindset, too. You, mm-hmm. have, you have to have that mindset of I want to go out there and do something nasty to the guy across from me. I, I thought, and I, as much as I hate to use them as a comparison, um, if you go back and watch the playoff games of of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, I to me that was the way 
the the modern day NFL offensive line should look. I mean, when they ran the ball, they got after your ass. Uh, and when and when they pass blocked, they didn't go backwards. I mean, they attacked. And, yeah. and you know, and I, I just came back. Yeah. Yeah. I just think this that's what the Steelers got to get back to doing. And and we just got too too away from it as as Ian alluded to there. I you know, I I, I know Ben, you you talked a little bit about Zach Banner, um, you know, obviously uh, going down in the, the late part of the, the opening game last year, but he really didn't play all that well in the in that game. Um, you know, really got to do this, huh? Well, I, 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 if I if I talk about this, people are going to fucking hate on me all week. All right. Yeah, he did not play well. He he just didn't. And I and, and, it, and yeah. it was it wasn't it didn't matter. Pass blocking, run blocking. Mm hmm. Zach did not have a good game, and I hope that he's figured it out. I mean, yeah, I mean, rumor is he's lost even more weight. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more flexible. He feels mm-hmm. really confident in his knee. Um, he tore his ACL early enough in the season that he had surgery. You know, during the season. Oh yeah, yeah. In October, I think, and. You know, so he's got a he's got a leg up on a guy who say tears his ACL week twelve. Definitely, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the upside of it. The downside, of course, is that from my perspective, he probably would have really benefited from playing that position for a year. And now yeah. we got to kind of hope. There's that word again. Mm-hmm. We got to hope. Mm-hmm that he has has got it figured out and realizes what he did wrong and you know watch that tape and uh is getting different coaching um i agree with ian i i think that that being more aggressive would certainly be better than the way the line played last year which mm-hmm. to me was a bit timid and passive yep but uh you know, it doesn't guarantee anything. And I also, you know, Chooks was trying to give the famous non-answer answer. He's like, I'm not going to tell you guys what we're doing different. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to put that out there so that our opponents can get ready for it. You know, we're talking about doing some different things. And I'll speak in generalities, but I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> No, I, I mean you could you could see in some of the video clips that some of the writers were were posting that it, clearly they're doing some zone stuff and and that's all fine and good, but they're they're not going to do so many things that other teams are going to be able to pick up on, and then they're certainly not going to be able, or they're certainly not going to start talking um, in specifics uh, as you alluded to. So, you know, I, I mean, we all expect this offensive line to be better. Um, I don't, I don't let know. Me, let me caveat that too. And I, sure, I, think I said this, I, I, I said well, this more aggressive a few weeks ago is that for me, I want the offensive line to make progress throughout the year. I, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be, I don't think the offensive line in September is necessarily going to be better than it was last year, but I hope mm-hmm. that the offensive line in December is better than they were much better than they were last year. And that's mm-hmm. that's what it's going to be about. It's going to be about making progress. And 
guys staying healthy too. I, I think we've seen over the years, not just with the Steelers, but every team, you know, when you look at how many different offensive line combinations a team has used, generally speaking, the most successful teams are the ones with the fewest offensive line combinations throughout the season. That yeah, when you're cycling guys in and out because of injuries or whatever, they tend to uh you know tends to impact your offensive productivity most successful offenses yes yes Mm -hmm. yeah consistency you know it's a big part of it well Um, that's that's the foundation for your unit mm -hmm. and and people Steelers fans uh twitter all goddamn day long uh this isn't just facebook which you you expected at facebook because it's facebook right um but People are concentrating on the Steelers' skill positions and the wealth of riches they have at the skill positions, and they're overlooking the fact that the offensive line was terrible last year. And to me, on paper at least, Mm -hmm. they're worse right now than they were last year. And until they show me something different, that's what I'm going to believe. I'm not just going to – I'm not the blind faith guy. You guys know this. Um, you know, I don't think any of us are, I'm a skeptical guy. I Mm -hmm. look at what the evidence is and I weigh it based upon that. Adrian Clem has two years as an assistant offensive line coach in the NFL. Before that, he was out of football entirely for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, Chooks Okorafor, we've talked about this before. He's not an upgrade to Al, in my opinion. Um, if he is, it's barely, Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Dotson absolutely is an upgrade. Uh, Kendrick Green is a question mark. Four starts at center so far. Um, hopefully he can make that transition. Mm-hmm. He's got the raw talent. The question, my question is not whether or not he can. I think he can. My question mm-hmm. is how long will it take? Right. right. Is David DeCastro healthy? Um, if he is, I mean, David DeCastro last year, I remember him pulling and, and getting blown up on a pull. And I'm like, this, how does it's yeah. David DeCastro? How does that happen? That's impossible. That's supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. and then you got Zach. We've already talked about him. And again, we're hoping. So to me on paper, this line is not better than last year's line. Hopefully they come together as a group. Um, I, I'm hopeful that playing a full camp and a full off season, you know, a full preseason together, we get extra one extra game. That'll help this unit come together as a group and and work on that the timing and uh, you know the dance because mm-hmm. that's yeah. really what it is it i mean is. there's all of those moves are choreographed and one guy is setting the other guy up in a lot of those movements and if they can all get on the same page they can be a much better unit than they were honestly man if they're a top yeah. if they're a top 15 unit they're way better than the unit was last year i mean leaps oh. and bounds yep better than they were last Huge. year so, you know, if that's if that's all they strive for is just being average and they get there, I'm going to be like, OK, that's cool. That's fine. That's year one. I will take that year one of the transition. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to see them, you know, obviously be a top five unit, but I don't think that's realistic. No. And you hear the word potential a lot. And as I, I had a coach many, many years ago that used to say potential was a French word for hasn't done shit yet. Hadn't done anything um, yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, having some potential is better than not having anything at all. But you know, there's, you're right. There is a lot to be proven here. 
and regardless oh. of the skill, oh, and regard, B- you know, BJ Finney wants to be our starting center, by the way. Well, <laughs> I get, as he should. My, if Mason wants to be the starting quarterback, I would expect BJ wants to be the starting center. Oh, God, can you um, imagine? Oh, well, fuck. No. Um, Ian, what what do you what do you make of Malik Hooker? Ian, w- w- would you uh, welcome him into the uh, black and gold fold? Uh, absolutely, I would. He's a, a local kid, Newcastle yeah. High School. Took them to the Whitfield Championship game his senior year. Was a heck of a basketball player too. Oh, okay. uh, and yeah, I, I think they, him and Geno Stone, who's now playing. Uh, for the Ravens, I think he got drafted by the Ravens as a safety. Mm-hmm. Went to Iowa, um, were kind of the centerpieces on those Newcastle teams in high school. Uh, but Hooker, when he was healthy, was a, a really good safety for the Colts. I mean, he's a, a starting caliber mm-hmm. safety in this league, and he just hasn't been able to stay healthy with Indianapolis. So, if if his medicals check out, I would absolutely sign him. He, he was, you know, he's been on social media a lot in the last, say, 10 days. And I think it all started when he was kind of spotted or, or I shouldn't he say was, spotted. He, he declared himself he in the Pittsburgh airport. Which, right, right. You know, I, I mentioned, I think, on Slack that, you know, could he be visiting the Steelers? Yes. And I think a lot of people jump to that conclusion. But let's not forget Newcastle's like an hour and a half north of Pittsburgh. So yeah. could he have just been coming home to visit family? Also possible. Um, yes, but although we did get the confirmation that he met with the Steelers uh, a week ago, um, yes, Thursday, yeah. today, a week ago today, um, you, you know, he made the comment with his injuries. He said, "Look, you know, two of those were were like fluke, non, you know, shouldn't have happened kind of things." I don't know if he was just trying to make excuses. I'm not sure, but he's had he's had the knee, he's had the Achilles, um, he, he's just had a real bad run of injuries. There's no doubt about it, but. I mean, if you can get a guy with his talent um, at relatively cheap prices and he stays healthy, then you've added a pretty damn good piece there, right? I, you I absolutely have. And I, and I, the other thing is playing in Indy on that turf. Um, you know, it's yeah. like the turf in Dallas. Like, I think that's a little more conducive to some leg injuries than mm-hmm. some other, um, you know, some other or some other you know uh, stadiums around the league but let's just point this out here yeah hooker came into the league in 2017 so one year before terrell edmonds but he only has 35 career games because uh, of injuries whereas edmonds been the league for three years but has 47 career games because he's been an iron man uh edmonds has three career interceptions two of which came last year hooker has seven so mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, in like 12 fewer games, Hooker has more than double the amount of interceptions that Edmonds has, um, you know, and many. Yeah. And, and more uh, actually similar number of passes defended. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. He, mm-hmm. he has a better nose for the ball, better at actually catching the ball better at getting to the ball, better at reading the play. Yeah, Hooker's just better than Terrell better. Edmonds. I mean, yeah, and considering they did not pick up Edmonds' 50-year option, right? Um, you know, granted, if you sign Malik Hooker now, 
coming off in injury, it's probably going to be a one year kind of prove it contract. And Definitely. he's hookers probably going to be, you know, looking for a, a, a big contract too, uh, you know, next year or bigger contract than a one year deal next year as well. So yeah. there's no guarantee he stays after this year, but you get him in the building. You never know what happens to and having, having, Guys with starting experience on your depth chart is never a bad thing because injuries are always going to happen to you yes, somewhere. Yes, they are. Yeah, Ben. Ben, would you would you bring him in? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's necessarily better than Edmonds. Um, but hmm. I see Edmonds as more of a a box safety, where I I see Hooker as a guy who plays the deep third and and tries to create turnovers, tries to create plays. Um, but in a three-safety alignment, he would be really valuable. It frees yeah. Minka up to do all kinds mm-hmm. of crazy mm-hmm. things. And that's what I like. That's the impact I see. If you leave Hooker back there as a true free safety, and you turn Minka into a joker, and you you push Edmonds up, and you're like, hey, you're going to blitz on this play. (laughs) Yeah. It creates all kinds of havoc. And the end result is you, you, you're creating plays. I like the idea of that a lot. Now, I don't know what the Steelers are offering and I don't think they're probably offering a lot. No, I don't think so. Because at this point, this guy's going to sign a one year deal. So he's probably looking for a one year deal that best showcases his abilities. Mm hmm. So that next year he can go back into free agency and cash in, which I, Hey, I don't blame him. If I were him, I'd be doing the same thing. Oh, for sure. So hopefully that's the way he views this Pittsburgh D. It's, what was I going to say? I think he is, he's definitely looking for a bigger contract and he knows he's not going to get it this year. So where is my best opportunity to, to play? show what I can do, show that I can stay healthy, but still make some money. Pittsburgh is about, I think over the caps, got them at about 7.3 million cap room right now. Um, Have they signed Kendrick Green yet? No. Uh, Yeah, I didn't think so. He's still the only one that hasn't signed. What Um, what I'm hearing about that is it's uh, the holdup is the guaranteed money, which I don't understand because that's basically a slotted deal. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. They've, they signed everyone from the bottom. They skipped green and they signed Fryermuth, and then they, they went ahead and they signed uh, Najee Harris. Yeah. It's like, okay, what's the holdup? So I right. just started poking around and they're like, yeah, he, he wants more guarantee. It's not just guaranteed money. It's, um, it's, uh, um, what is the, the language where if you get cut, um, I'm not sure. If you get cut later in your career, it's the amount of money. Okay. So a team can recoup cap dollars. Let's just say you get a $4 million bonus and it's a million dollars a year in in Mm -hmm. cap proration. You get cut after year three. There's still a million dollars in cap proration that the team has to hold on its books, but they can take dollar for dollar back any money you make on your year four contract. Okay. against the cap does that make sense yes 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 okay so yeah basically he'd have to give that money back to the team 
and I don't know why I'm pulling a blank right now, but basically that's that's kind of the holdup right now. It's not just the guaranteed money. It's okay. It's the total amount that he would lose in the event that he got cut, and it's just his agent doing his job, yeah. which I understand. By the same token, when you're a third rounder, you're not seeing a fully guaranteed deal as a rookie. It ain't happening. So right. forget right. it. Um, yeah, I, I think that'll get done uh, relatively soon, but it is a language thing right now. Um, Ian, what uh, as we now break for the summer, and of course this is the the hold your breath time here, and we'll get into that, but is there anything if you're like Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, is, is there anything like on your, your to-do list? Uh, is there, is there a spot you, you could sign a, a free agent? Is there anything else you, you're looking to do over this time period or is now just all about heading towards camp for you? I mean, the one other noteworthy thing is that now that we've passed June 1st, that yeah. teams can trade players, cut players um, with, diminished 2021 salary cap impacts they can split the the cap impact over Mm -hmm. two years um, which was why atlanta waited until after june 1st to trade julio jones um that being said you know i think if a team was gonna make a a big name cut now it probably would have happened already um Mm -hmm. but there, there may be a few other guys as we get closer to training camp or the you know beginning of camp that get cut um I would absolutely look for another starting caliber cornerback um, being as, you know, Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton are our top two right now. And then after that's kind of a question mark and you really mm-hmm. need like five or six corners in the, in the NFL <laughs> now. Yes, um, and, and we have two, if that one and a half, maybe, I mean, I mean, Cam Sutton played well last year, but he doesn't have a, a dearth of starting experience either. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Steve, I'm not saying Steven Nelson's going to come back because he's not. I mean, he burned his bridges, but it's yeah. kind of funny that he hasn't signed yet either. Uh, it's but, it's kind of dumb to me that they haven't talked. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, they, everything he did, everything he posted during that time, that was all about hurt feelings. Sure. And I, I, so. I, I get it at that point, you know, but what, wait, what they all need to do, all parties involved now, Steelers. Nelson, his agent, they all need to go, okay, look, this just makes too much sense not mm-hmm. to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We we needed to explore doing a, a, a short deal with Steelers, and you can go back into free agency at the beginning of free agency next year. It just makes way too much sense not to do it. it with each passing day, I agree. It, it just yeah. the, it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, Ben, yeah, go ahead, Ian. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, just so yeah, I would say corner is probably the biggest need right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we never thought Joe Hayden was going to get cut by the Browns like a week before the season started, and then yeah. he did and wound up on our team. So, um, you know, they always want to have about five million dollars in cap room going into yep. the season. So, like you said, they have about seven now, so that doesn't give them a ton of space to work with. But, um, you know they could actually probably save some money depending on how they structure TJ Watts deal. That's really the most important one. Get, get TJ Watt taken care of. I agree. Um, and then figure out what you have left in cap room and see what you can do. And if you can go out and get a veteran cornerback. Okay. 
All right. Ben, what, what would be on your to-do list over the rest of the summer? Any, anything in particular? Backup Mike Mac linebacker. Okay. Yep. Yep. If uh, they should have learned their lesson last season, um, Yuli Gilbert is apparently made of glass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Devin Bush, you know, when, if he goes down, that's the linchpin of your entire defense. And granted, yeah. don't get me wrong, those guys don't grow on trees. You know, it's not like that's a simple spot to fill. And that guy really isn't readily available out on the on the open market right now. But if one were to come loose, um, there's been talk about uh, Leighton Vanderesh, right? You know, right. being traded to the Steelers. Um, I mean, you know, I know that that Colbert gets a lot of crap for trading away fifth round picks, but let's be honest, his fifth round picks for the most part aren't very successful anyway. Right. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Let's just go ahead. Toss it out there. Let's trade one away for a guy who is extremely talented, but Mm -hmm. can't stay healthy. Yeah. I I think it's very possible. You know, I'm not saying it will. I'm just, I can see it. Um, well, there are yeah. like his Quan Alexander signed with anyone yet. I don't think he, I mean, he was injured, but I don't think uh, he signed thought, with anyone. Who am I thinking of? I must be thinking of somebody else that just signed. He might still be available, Ian. I, yeah, yeah. Um, just I mean, uh, Avery Williamson's still out there, but I don't know if I would bring him back for anything more than a veteran minimum contract. No, no I, I agree. He's a free agent. Alexander's mm-hmm. free agent. Yeah. Okay. He, so he's he was there. he was injured though, wasn't he? He was last year. He so was. there's some question marks there. You just got to clear mm-hmm. medicals. But I mean, he's a guy who, if healthy, can be that Mac linebacker. But the if healthy is a big, big if. It's a big question. Sure. Um, we're winding things down here. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he tore his Achilles week 16, dude. Week 16. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's going to have a tough time getting yeah. the job absent of a glowing physical. Oh man. Yeah. He's, he's really up against it. Uh, poor sure. guy. Cause he's super talented. I yeah. mean, ridiculously. Always liked him. Always liked him. Um, I want to uh, change gears just for a second. I want to give a little shout out to uh, a friend of ours, uh, uh, Bence Burke. I don't know if if you guys follow Brandon uh, Bence. Brandon, Brandon Bence. Uh, and, and normally I wouldn't say his full name because I wouldn't want to like embarrass him or something. But his full name is now all over the world because oh, he, uh, Brandon puts his name in, in his <laughs> tweets all the time he when does. he's he's repeating dialogue. So it's, uh, I'm sure it's fine. It's yeah, but uh, Brandon is. Uh, I guess I would call him a, a salt of the earth guy. He, he's funny as hell, and I call him a, pretty salty. But yeah, sure, just a hardworking dude. And uh, he was profiled uh, in a in a story for USA Today, along with a few others, about you know getting back into the economy and the post COVID stuff and. And uh, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you you should because he's he's a great follow. And uh, so we just want to give him a little shout out there because it's and of course he played it up very very well on Twitter today too. Um, so that was great. Um, one other thing here too, guys, uh, we didn't have a chance to talk since um, um, the first of these two blunders, um, which is going to lead me eventually to my Steelers point here. 
But several weeks ago, there was a play in the Pirates game. Oh, um, you have and, to bring this up, don't you? Yes, yes, it's got to be brought up. It, All right, Pirates brought, suck. Brought, yeah, they are right. allergic to first base. Go on. Yes, and that's where I'm headed. So we had the first baseman that, of course, with two outs, rather than just step on the bag, decided to chase the batter, who was now the runner, back to home plate, which I'd never seen before in my entire life. And, well, a comedy of errors ensued. And then just the other night, we had a player hit a home run, and he failed to touch first base, and it was appealed, and he was out. Yeah, but that so, guy plays for the Oakland A's. Uh, wait, what? Did we have an instance of the Pirates did that no, too? No, no, Brian Hayes for the Pirates did it. Yeah. 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 Pirates, like yeah. The guy who's like their rookie of the year just missed first base. Yeah. Just missed it. it bad. Flat out missed it. Oh, so my God. Th- that leads me to this question. Um, what do you think in recent memory has been like the Steelers' biggest blunder or guffaw, if you will? Can you think of one? Uh, Xavier, Xavier Grimble oh, in yes. Denver. Xavier Grimble in Denver, rather than just diving for the goal line, decides he's going to knock over the fucking corner and drops the goddamn ball on the one. That. Yep. I'm still angry. I'm still angry. Can you tell? Well, you should be. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go back a little farther to Plexico Burris. Um, I don't remember if he was a rookie or he was um, a rookie. He was was a rookie. rookie. That was hilarious. Uh, That was actually kind of funny because they won the game anyway. But he he caught a pass over the middle. And in college, (laughs) when you go to the ground, the play is over. But in the NFL, you have to be touched down. Um, Plex caught a ball, went to the ground, got up and spiked Spiked it. it. (laughs) And uh, no one had touched him. I think they were playing Jacksonville, if I remember correctly. And dude from Jacksonville picked it up, and it got ruled a fumble because Plex was was. down by contact. It was a fumble. Oh, it was legit. Totally legit. It, It was I will say it was probably a fumble, though you could have said that he spiked the ball forward, which would have been an illegal forward pass, and the ball could have been dead. But nevertheless. Uh, yeah, okay. That, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. He, he uh, caught the ball, I think, got up, and I think that it. was what Cower said at the time. He tried to, he tried to, to tell the ref that, no, yeah. he threw the ball forward, which is an illegal forward pass, dead yeah. ball. Dead ball, we take the penalty, and – and they just went, nah, no, nah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> your, your, your player yeah, the messed other up, one, coach. The yeah. other one I will bring up is. Don't you steal uh, mine. Okay. Actually, this might have been a game you were at, Mark. Marquise um, Pouncey? No, not Marquise Pouncey. It was Ziggy Hood in a game in Green Bay where uh-huh. we blocked a field goal. <laughs> it was and there right was a front of me. for the ball. <laughs> and yeah. the Steelers picked it up. And yep. Ziggy Hood got called for an illegal bat of the yeah. ball yeah. because yeah. he batted it with his hand yeah. towards someone. So that that's an, another one in recent memory that, that just a, a mental guffaw that comes to it, mind. It, that was literally right in front of where I was sitting. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and if if you're going to do that, guys, yeah. players, it, as if any players are listening to our show right now, but if you're going to do that, use two hands because then – it's defensible. You have plausible deniability. You can say, I was trying to grab the ball. To grab it. It just deflected And I yeah. missed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ball got away from me. That's why I was using two. I was trying to grab it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the one I came up with uh, that I could remember was the uh, 
the infamous uh, uh, Chris Boswell onside kick attempt. Uh, (laughs) and i love boswell i think he's a good guy that was terrible it was awful it was awful that was terrible and of course the most recent one is marquise pouncey with the snap over roethlisberger's head it it was ended a touchdown and basically ended the game on the first play of the fucking game in pittsburgh for a home playoff playoff that's Pouncey's last game after I After know. literally a storied career, that's Pouncey's last yeah. game. Yeah, that's just that, that's awful. No, I know it. I know it, and uh, that that uh, crossed my mind, but I didn't want to go with that one. I'll, I'll mention one more from my least favorite Steeler of all time, Uh-oh. Mike Mitchell, who oh. hit oh, a receiver. Boy. I don't was this. It might be against the Bengals. He he, a receiver had the ball. Yeah. Mitchell hit him. Knock the ball out, and Mitchell starts celebrating and yes. walking towards the sideline, mouthing off with the football laying there on the yes. ground, yep. for everyone. It to was the out. Bengals, and the Bengals recovered it because Mitchell didn't have the wherewithal in his head to yep. like pick up the ball after he had knocked it out of a receiver's hands. There was there was a lot of screaming and cussing where I was sitting on that day. Yeah, <laughs> there was there was a lot, a lot. And there was a lot of you fucking boneheads being screamed at him. Um, yeah, that was that was a really bad one. Mike Mitchell. Yeah. What was, what was the one that I think Rosie Nix did it? it? It was on like a blocked punt or something, and he started celebrating. Oh, what the hell happened? He started celebrating, and and they had the other team had the ball in advance. I can't remember what it was. God. I I, gotta go I, I think, yeah, I think he blocked the punt, but they he didn't did. recover the ball, and the other team picked it up because if the ball doesn't go past the right. line of scrimmage, then you can p- still pick it up and advance it. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And he's and he's downfield celebrating and has no idea what's going on behind him. And oh man, I can't remember where that game was, but I, uh, anyway, all right, live ball. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, what's going to do it for us tonight? Steelers equivalent of dumb shit. Yeah, (laughs) that's really what it amounted to, you know. Um, But, man, I, I, you you pirates folks, my God. I, I, uh, well, I've, I've had to live through some bad tiger seasons here, so I'm not going to say much, but that's, that's pretty awful. Well, I mean, the, the, you know, basically the pirates market strategy seems to be let's develop some players. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's trade them away for picks and cash. And, yeah. uh, you know, let's just repeat, rinse, repeat. Rinse, Basically, repeat. we'll be the farm club for the rest of Major League Baseball and will remain profitable because we have a fan base full of people who are accustomed to abject failure. It's fine. It's not a big I, deal. I, I think that summarizes it quite well. Tidy yeah, profit I, because we have yeah. a really nice, uh, you know, county funded uh stadium beautiful stadium beautiful beautiful stadium that people want to come out to so we got that going uh got a bunch of young guys that want to play and uh you know we'll develop them and we'll make some cash i i have often joked that like the yankees are gonna just call up a player from triple a pittsburgh <laughs> you know right around the trade deadline so yeah seems to be an every year thing yankees <laughs> or the red Sox, you know yeah. it's pretty yeah. much what it is 
Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, again, check out the website, steelcityblitz.com. Check us out on Twitter at SCBlitz and, of course, Facebook.com, uh, steelcityblitz. And uh, make sure you visit our friends at uh, DC4. That's DC, the number four L, customtees.com. That's where you can get all of our stuff. Got some great new hats out there now. Uh, I saw another another person on Twitter picked up a new SCB shirt today. So they're really comfy shirts. I absolutely love them. And uh, I'm sure you will too. So check those out. But uh, next week we'll be back as we start looking ahead to training camp and everything else. And uh, um, yeah, so and we got some interesting news for you coming down the pike too but there there will be there will be drinking and yes these two will be swearing a lot because they do that it's really offensive you you swore more tonight than i did total nonsense Uh, and and yeah let's go to the tape uh yeah so we'll see you guys next week yeah yeah Hey, hey, that's the, it. Uh, oh, oh yeah. you know, one other thing too, since we are kind of entering the the doldrums of the NFL season here, yes. we do have the uh, Euro 2020 played in 2021 soccer championships. So oh, that's right, day. soccer fans. Whatever. Hey, you know what? There are games every day. They're during the day, so if you want to stream them while you work and listen to them, what? it's something to do. People do that. It's. I mean, they're on at like noon and three p.m. Eastern time. So you mean the on... people actually watch games while they're supposed to be working? What in the I, hell? I didn't say watch games. You can stream them. And oh, just, just have them on. Them. Yeah, you just have okay. have it on yeah. in the background. And I mean, soccer. You know when someone scores, right? So then you kind of pay attention when you hear the announcers get excited, and the rest of the time it's just background noise. No, no different than listening to the radio while you work. Well, I, I should, since you mentioned that, I, I got home today very quickly because uh, uh, Oklahoma was playing Florida State in the uh, the final game of the uh, Softball World Series, and, and uh, the shortstop for Florida State, Josie Muffley, was a former student of mine. And, oh, nice. um, yeah, and just a, a super, super kid, and she has been through so many injuries and stuff, and it was just so fun to watch her play and she had a couple of espn highlights earlier this year she's just wicked athletic and uh wicked uh, i mean they made a great run nobody thought they'd get as far as they did and sad that they lost but you know no no need to hang their head so anyway we'll get on out of here and uh i'm signing off for these two and anyway you've been listening to the steel city blitz steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of south florida and hey Go Steelers. Ravens suck.